three, two, one. To the happy hour edition Friday afternoon Dennis and Andy show. We're going to be drinking and talking and having fun. I have a beer. As do I. Dennis has chocolate milk and I have a beer. Now, so what I'm going to do every Friday, we talked about it because, you know, we do, we're starting to do the other ones later, but four o'clock is about when we can do it on Friday. It's happy hour. We've got lots of other stuff. So I'm going to bring a new beer each week. This week, I'm doing a shout out to Jason Spooner because he got this for my birthday. It's called Bladow or Bladow Imperial Breakfast Stout. So it's not breakfast time, but there's no time for a bad. Right here in Farmville, is it? Yes, Farmville, North Carolina. So a microbrewery. So thank you, Jason. This is my stout of the week that I'm having this week. So we need to have our simultaneous clink. Clink. And I am drinking from my wife's neck of the woods, a nice Middle Ages Syracuse Pale Ale. It has a little bite to it, but not too much. It's brewed, like it says, up in Syracuse. It is a uh, 5.2% alcohol by volume. And it only fills up my manly mug that much because this is. So one thing you'll find out is Andy and I, like we disagree on art. Sometimes we definitely disagree on beer. I like it to be be nice, dark. You can't see through it. Kind of stout, gritty, um, sometimes a good amber, things like that. Andy likes it to be nice and light like a Zima. Oh, Zima. I remember those days. No, no. I just like to be able to see through it. And, you know, I I like beer that has more taste than just mud. That's all. Now, Dennis, slam it, twirl it, and let's see you actually use that glass the way you're supposed to. I just did. No. Dennis, that glass is like a samurai sword. If you unsheath the samurai sword, you better use it. If you rock a glass like that where you're supposed to dunk it down and twist, that's what you're supposed to do. I have a sipping mug. I'm allowed to just do this. What what do you think a yard is for? And then you twist the end as you guzzle it down. You don't twist no end. This isn't wine. You dumbass. All right. So we're going to talk WandaVision. We already have a comment. Dogecoin expert, this episode. Really? You thought it was disappointing? You know, he posted it before we even had the the, the uh, intro going. No way. Just a little disappointing. early. Just a little early, Dogecoin. That's okay. No, I don't think it was disappointing at all. It was definitely, I thought, Kind of like Mandalorian, every episode just got better and better. And I thought this payoff in the end was really good. Oh, see, I thought you were talking about our episode, not WandaVision. 
Oh, no. Oh, I mean, I expect to disappoint people. So that, you know, that's fine. So, you know, I'm going to say we are going to kick off with WandaVision first. Um, I think I agree with you, by the way, uh, Mr. Coyne. Um, I liked it. There were things that I absolutely loved and a lot of things that I tried to catch. Oh, I know why you were disappointed. There were a couple of things that I really was disappointed in. Being a fan. What's that? There's no Mephisto. Well, part of it being a fanboy is we've got all of these different theories that we've got, you know, what we would like to see. And sometimes it hits on and sometimes we're wrong and sometimes we're just disappointed. And I shot that theory down from day one. I know you did. Day one. Why? Because I'm a genius. Yes, said no one ever. <laughs> oh. I agree. Well, it could have been better. It could have been better. You got to tell us why. You just can't say it could have been better. Yeah, we'll kind of go through it, shooting what, with what you thought. So there were some really good, there were some good scenes in here. Um, you know, this is one of the things that I, I did love when they had the big fight scene. And it was like, go at it, boys, you take care of the military. And, you know, the the battle, there weren't a lot of good screenshots that I could pull down yet. Um, but the battle between, you know, Agatha and Wanda, I thought was solid. The two oh. visions going at it was solid. Um, the kids doing with what they did to the military, solid. And it gave me a, a hint of the Incredibles. That's as soon as I saw them standing there, I immediately thought of the Incredibles. <laughs> so maybe it was a nod to them, maybe not. But that's what I took away from it was something I mean, just like that. Yeah, I don't think it was a nod. I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think so. But, um, you know, it was the it was definitely movie quality with the fights and the CG and stuff. You know, the effects, they didn't skimp and go, well, it's just a TV show. Um, you know, when when the white vision came down and she was like, what? And then he goes to, like, crush her head, basically. That My, was my, cool. my wife yelled at me because what we almost need to do is do a reaction video because I'm very animated. And as soon as he flew down and walked over to her, I'm like, it's a trap. And I'm yelling, it's a oh, trap. Yeah. Don't, oh, yeah. don't let him touch you. And then she crushed him like, ah, my wife's upstairs working and she's yelling down. Would you shut up down there? <laughs> what she was yelling down was, would you shut the fuck up down there is what she was actually. I know your wife. I know. You know, she's on video conferences. So and so I am pretty loud. So but yeah, I was like, oh, my God, trap. But it was it was a good scene. The fight with her and Agatha, I thought was pretty awesome. Oh, my God. It was so good. And I thought I thought she tricked her really well. You know, I liked the I liked how you know, I mean, I like Agatha and the power she has and how she was pulling in some of uh, so she was pulling in, you know, some of Wanda's power. You saw her hand get all nasty and, so, you know, Wanda's hand get all nasty and stuff, which I thought was cool. So two things about that. One. Again, remember how I pointed out how a mole is a sign of a witch from one of the previous episodes. Oh, right. Another thing that designates a witch, 
um, from say mythology and stuff are the fingertips going black. So oh, I didn't know. I, that. Oh. Yeah, and that's another thing that I thought they did really well. And then Agatha, she reveals that she is. She, I don't remember the exact term she used, but she's a basically a magic siphon. She's right. siphoning the magic and life force from people, and I'm like, oh. So right. that's interesting. It wasn't just a spell. She actually does it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, they showed that, you know, last week with her origin and stuff. Right. The episode was shorter than we thought. Yeah, I mean, it was about the same length as last week, wasn't it? Yeah, I, but we, we, there were a lot of theories, and we were talking how are they going to wrap this whole thing up in 45 minutes. We had talked about, well, maybe the last episode or two were going to be longer. They weren't. And there was this rumor out there that there was a special 10th episode that had been kept under wraps. And we're like, oh, maybe that maybe it'll kind of wrap it up. And then there will be this other episode they'll announce, which will maybe do the lead in. No. So I agree. It was shorter. I expected it to be a little bit longer and they would do a little more. But. They kept it within their time constraints. So, ah, yeah. Um, I liked, I liked the vision fight. You know, we talked about. I thought that was really cool. Um, I thought it was just really cool how, she, you know, she created. You know, not the. I mean, the town was already there, but with her magic. She created, you know, all the buildings were a lot nicer. The people were under her control, basically. She created the vision out of whole cloth, basically. And, you know, it's one of those things, like, that I I think of it as it's still something that as she, she created it, but it was still, like, her spell or magic, whatever you want to say, her will having to keep it going the whole time. It is. So, so it's basically vision, like vision what, off the vision. I was like, that's really intense because that, that the, her vision, not the white one, but the, you know, the original vision, the mindstone vision, the mindstone vision was, you know, her powers are so strong that even in a fight with this real thing, he's not, getting it you know he's you think that this real thing this real vision that is it's equal down to everything except for its memories could just bust it up so bad like to me i would almost think that while he's getting his ass kicked it would almost affect her because she made it you know what i mean no so i do because it's bringing the power level down far enough where she can't concentrate. But Agatha mentions it, man, your spells are like on autopilot or something to that effect yeah. the other episode. And it is so powerful that she can do it. Absolutely agree with this. Dude, with that costume, we're jumping ahead. The screenshot kind of shows it. She got the cool. Well, when when they before we even get to it, when they went when I loved how Agatha's on the roof and Wanda comes up from behind real quick and just does that mind thing like she did in uh age of ultron yes avengers so they go back to uh when agatha was at the stake and stuff 400 some years ago and wanda shows up but then wanda gets uh you know reversed to the stake and just the energy started forming it and just that i was like oh that's so cool 
But then when she actually does get in the battle that new costume and she has the headdress, and it just goes to show they keep they keep the same shape, basically yeah. the headdress from the comics, but they make yeah. it more intricate and a little glowing and stuff, and it just works. So you see, I, I looked the, for a screenshot because I really wanted to show her outfit. And it's like not up anywhere on the web right now. I couldn't find a single screenshot of her new outfit. So they must have kept it kept it well, under wraps yeah. really well. But it it was fantastic. Hindsight being 2020. I don't know why I didn't pause the screen and just take a picture. <laughs> yeah, it was great. You it know, really was. Because the 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 outfit, I think it ties in nicely with kind of what she's wearing in the comics now. Yeah. yeah. Um and it still has, you know, it, like it just, you know who it is. Once again, they take a character who you think Scarlet Witch, you think a certain look from the comics, which they showed in a Halloween episode. And you're like, oh, that's cute. But it looks like a homemade costume. Right. But if you were to, sh if, if you just, if you took somebody that doesn't, that only knows the Scarlet Witch from the comic books in that costume and then said, here. Here's this photograph. Who? What character is it? They'd go, oh, my God, that's the Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Without a doubt. They know it's the Scarlet Witch because they keep the key aspects to it. You know, with her long hair, with the headdress, the the color and stuff. I was, I can't wait for Doctor Strange to see her in that again. Right. Well, and a and couple of things that I really enjoyed, you know, when they were having their big fight. She, they expected she's whipping out her uh, her bolts at her and stuff, her Eldridge bolts, and she's basically absorbing it because, as we right. talked about, she's a power sponge basically. Um, but how does Wanda defeat her? She pulls a trick out of Civil War and she grabs her. I believe it was her car. I don't remember for sure, but I think it was her. It was a scarlet colored car. And she pummels it right on top of her instead of Eldridge bolting it, which is great. But did then, you know? Did you catch the little? I I, I asked Courtney if she knew where the reference was from. The boots. The boots. Yes. The as soon as you saw the boots, I was awesome. underneath the house where you just see the boots. I was like, "Oh my God, that's got to be a reference to Wizard of Oz." It's it is. It totally is the house landing on the Wicked Witch. Yeah. That yeah. was fantastic and funny as hell. And it was a beautiful looking episode. Um, that was so cool. And Courtney knew the reference. She's like, Oh, I know that. I'm like, Oh my God, that is so like, as soon as they showed the boots before you, they panned down to where you could see they were just the boots and nothing else. I said, there's no way there's legs attached to those boots. There's no way. And they weren't. And I was like, that is awesome. All the little tidbits they did were just so cool. And then, um, let's talk about this. I thought this was the great conversation between the two visions about. So, so the issue yeah. is that I had is we had discussed this many years ago. This was a conversation and it's one of these metaphysic kind of uh, metaphysical debates that you have. I was hoping to find a better, a better diagram of it out there. When I heard it, I'm like, Oh my God, we've had this debate before. And it was cool. This is the best one that I could find out on the, on the web. Yeah. Um, but that debate and the way that the two visions sat there after battling and then 
logically discuss things out like two machines would. Well, well it, why, was why, more, it was more Mindstone vision because he explained all this right to the other one and then let it kind of absorb into the other one. And the other one was like, oh, yeah. I need I need more information. Basically, I need I need more data to query and uh, and to understand what you're saying, because his primary function is to destroy the vision. Well, he's, he's bringing up the point, but I'm actually not the vision. You are technically more vision than what I am. Right. And logically, it's like the old Star Trek episode dealing with Nomad going back to the 60s. It's the same argument. And but it winds up being so theoretical in how they were putting through everything and discussing it. It was just so well done. And again, if you remove a particular plank and you replace that plank, is that still the original the ship of thesis? Yes or no? So yes, it goes one way. No, it goes down to the other way. Well, what if that plank gets fixed, the original plank re-put back on, is that now the original ship? Or what if you replace two planks or three planks? It was a great philosophical debate and I, I loved it. I really, that was kudos. So somebody knew their, their shit writing on that one. Well, and that's the thing too. And then he, and then Mindstone Vision implants all his memories into, you know, white vision. So now, Yes, he's out there because all he he just took off. Wanda has no idea this happened and he's out there. And she at the end of the episode, when she reverts everything back, basically, and reverses her spell, you could say. She doesn't realize your vision is actually out there. He just doesn't yeah. have the mind stone anymore. But this white vision has all the memories. It is your vision. You just have to hook up. But she you know, doesn't know it because she right. doesn't yeah, know yeah. what Mindstone Vision did to White Vision. So right. he's out there. So, I mean, this makes into a really great future storytelling. Well, and that's the thing. Is that's it going to be in Doctor Strange? Is it going to be... Um, I don't think so. I is it going to be in Black Widow where it's going to oh, be no. an credit scene? Mm, I doubt it. I don't even know... You know, that's a good question. I don't want to go off on Black Widow, but that's a good question. They always do an end credit scene, but what's an end credit scene for a movie that takes place before Civil War took place? Because that's when it takes right. place. Correct. Sandwiched between Civil War and Age of Ultron. So what, what end credit scene would it be? Because she's dead. And they said that she's dead. Right, but... But that doesn't mean she doesn't uncover something during her antics during yeah. the movie that has a direct relationships, which fast forward leads into this. They, they can be pretty sneaky doing this. Well, anyhow, back to this. So, you know, I guess one of the questions I have is. And it, it, to me, it makes sense is if the vision, the vision puts all his memories into the white vision. And the white vision takes off out of there. Why wouldn't he have tried to, you know, basically hang around to contact Wanda when well, it was said and done? Why would I he? Know, 
my reasoning, if I were writing the story, I would be like, he just got dumped this incredible amount of data, which he can't process fast enough. He literally is like a confused person now, and he's going to go out and figure out what just happened to him. Because it's not instantaneous. He, uh, he got hit with the yes, I mean, was processing it. I can see your point behind that, but he's so advanced technologic from a technological standpoint that you would think the amount of data that the vision dumped into him would be his looking at it from a computer standpoint, like you said, his processing speed isn't like my computer. It isn't even like the space station. It is so far advanced. You'd think that that data dump he got, he processed like that. But it's relevant compared to the amount of data that was just dumped into him. Again, we're not talking a few terabytes of data. We're talking about an entire lifetime of his, of information that was dumped into it. Granted, it was a, a, not not a full human lifetime. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It'll be interesting to uh, to see. One of the really cool things that I enjoyed, they really we we found out we were right about Darkholm. So the Darkholm was uh, indeed in there. Oh, Dennis, by the way, is that beer drinking itself? I'm just curious. Well, I've already drank like four or five times because you that, you aren't paying attention. Uh, yeah, yeah, I am. I don't. Whatever. So anyway, back to the dark hole. They actually, the dark hole is awesome because they reference it in here. She explains what it is to the audience that doesn't know. But what's interesting is you actually see a really good picture of it. You see the Scarlet Witch. You see the cover and everything like that, which kind of looks like the books that Doctor Strange has in, that, in the library that uh -huh. were always protected by the hexes. However... It looks totally different than the dark hole that I saw in Agents of Shield because this came to the forefront in Agents of Shield, and this looks nothing like what was in Agents of Shield. So right. that tells me I've got a feeling these are two separate universes that Agents of Shield was not here because it, they wouldn't make a glitch like that or an oversight. They're so smart with everything else. I can't see them screwing this up. Man, I don't know. I don't remember enough of it from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it literally looked like a tomb and it had dark hole on it. I was like, okay, that that's an okay looking book. This was awesome looking, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I liked how at the end... She basically, you know, Agatha's prison is her being that neighbor, you know? Yes. Which, you know, it's a prison and it's not because once she's that neighbor again, there's no part of her that's like, damn it, I, I need to be the witch Agatha again. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's just gone. Like yeah. when you're a prisoner, you know that you're trapped in something or somewhere. And you can't right. get out. Whereas this person is just going to be walking around that city as, you know, somebody, a, a, a pedestrian in the city. You know, a person in the city not knowing she's trapped. I mean, kind of like Wanda said, look, if I need you, I know where to find you. Which means she's not done. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if she shows up in Doctor Strange either. Right. Well, uh, Doge, actually, yeah. 
And this was really cool. That was a cool. Oh picture. yeah, that was always that Wanda is stronger than Doctor Strange. Well, she talks about how the Scarlet Witch is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. So, but this leads into one of my sad parts of this. And I think maybe this is kind of what Doge was talking about at the beginning. I wanted to see, and everything that you just said was true, I wanted to see Doctor Strange make an appearance in this episode for two reasons. One, what you just said is Wanda is supposed to be stronger than the Sorcerer Supreme. The Sor Sorcerer Supreme should be feeling what's going on and discover the source of this basically oh, right. influx in the ley lines because he's supposed to be the protector of all of reality, especially anything magic. And he didn't show up. And that twerked me just a little bit. I was pissed. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And you know how they'll cover it. I, I'm, if they don't cover that with him, just even a line of dialogue in Dr. Strange, I'd be surprised. Yeah. But it, it, it's got to, they're going to have to do a, I agree with you. They're going to have to do a really good job in Doctor Strange for him to cover it somehow of go, oh, yeah, you know, I felt this disturbance, but, you know, I didn't think it was worthy enough to check out. You know what I mean? It's like, seriously, no. dude, it's, it's something it that, a minor disturbance. This was huge. Right. And Agatha mentions this in the other episode. She goes, you were simultaneously casting all of these spells and she's never felt such power. She felt this from wherever she was. How in the hell did not Dr. Strange not feel this and come to investigate? And right. I'm not saying he should have been part of this entire series. He should have popped in at the end, at least to figure out what was going on and make an appearance. Anyway, my piece on that, I think it was a missed point unless they've got something built into the Doctor Strange movie to address it, which tells me they may because I can't see him leaving this hole. But as a fan, I really wanted that cameo. I really, really did. Yeah, right? would have been nice. But, you know, there's also the, the business side of Marvel going, do we really want to put out the Benjamins for Benedict Cumberbatch for a 10-minute appearance? How much is that going to cost us? Actually, to quote George, yes, yes, yes. I would want them to put out that money. So that was my first disappointment. We might as well hit the second one right away. And that was Pietro or oh, Pietro. I love that. You know, I'm not as tied was, into it as you are. I What's that? I said I loved it because I'm not as tied into it with the theory as you were. So when I, I saw what you're going to say, I was like, that's awesome. I was thinking maybe it was just going to be a golem, you know, that she had created. Was it a multiverse thing? And it was so cool in how they teased us along. And then she finds out the guy's name is Ralph Boner. And I'm like, of all the cool things that I wanted to have happen or – okay, maybe this is it. We had all of these realities set up or contingencies of what it could be. He turned into a dick joke. That's what they pulled out of it, Ralph Boner. Oh, <laughs> your name's Ralph he's, he's Boner. An, he's an actor. That was great. I, I started thinking of Mandarin right away, going from the Iron Man, which pissed me off in the Iron Man. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Mandarin was just this actor. Oh, hey, I'm just an actor. Whoa, you know, I'm just doing what my script is. And that he was an actor named Ralph Boner. And I'm like, serial. Out of all things that I wanted to have true, any of the contingencies, this was not on my list. I thought it was a letdown. Dude, I, Doja Coin, I knew there wasn't going to be Nightmare. I knew there wasn't going to be Mephisto. I knew it. I was like, it's going to be, as soon as Agatha was Agatha, which we all knew she was, I was like, she'll be the villain. They're not going to junk it up like Spider-Man 3 with freaking all these villains, especially at the last minute. I was like, no way. Or they no, just surprised I thought maybe minute. it was going to be like a Thanos end credit scene where you find out that Agatha's the main bad, but that Mephisto or Nightmare or somebody was in there working behind the scenes. That's what I kind of thought was going to happen, and I would have been fine, fine with that. But seriously, the problem is when you teased last week that, oh, well, Bettany said that the main hasn't been, he got to work with somebody else and he didn't work. And I'm like, well, cool. I can't wait to see it. Is it James Spader bringing back the voice of Ultron? Right. Is it, you know, we had all of these theories. Oh, it was Paul Bettany playing against Paul Bettany. Right. That was it. Seriously. Again, that was strike three on this one. Well, um, other cool stuff was seeing Monica Rambeau photon it up with the boys. That was awesome, using her powers to the limited ability because she's not, you know, I'm glad it wasn't a full-blown thing because it'd be kind of like, really, you know how to do all this stuff already? So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, you know, my daughter was really stoked to see the kids use their powers. I got to be honest, I don't care. <laughs> I, wow, I mean, you hate her. It was cool, but I wasn't like, oh my God. Like, Courtney was sitting next to me. She's like, yeah, they're using their powers. That's good like, power. It's aimed at a child. Which yeah, I'm surprised yeah. you don't like it. Exactly. I hate kids. <laughs> you know, I I I did. I I I I enjoyed that. I love the fact that the kids you got to to see it. Oh, before I forget, the cool part when the kids were disintegrating. Did you oh, pick yeah. up on that? What? So the kids when they broke apart, unlike the vision, you know, last time where it looked like he was turning to ash and going away. The kids were turning into blocks. If you ever played Tetris or yeah, that's how the vision was. That's how the vision was this episode as well. Right. But the cool thing is that was a direct throwback in my mind. Maybe the creators will say I'm I'm reading too much into it. Dude, that was totally House of M because the kids oh, turned yeah. into blocks. And you remember they they, they had it in yeah. the comics and on one of the covers, and it was all blocks yeah. that came out like yeah. Tetris. That you're right. You're right. That's cool. I didn't think of that. I wonder if they did take that into account. That's a very good point. Cause that, that was cool. And as soon as that started happening, I'm like, come on, Wanda, this is where you need to step up and be a hero and let it happen. And she couldn't let it happen. I mean, she eventually came around, which you knew yeah. she would, but at first she didn't, which gets us to a couple, couple comic book screenshots. Hold on. Oops, wrong way. So this, I mean, this didn't actually happen in the in it, but they did face off 
So that's pretty cool. This is from an issue of Avengers from the early 90s. Um, I don't know the storyline. I do know it's drawn by Steve Epting and inked by Tom Palmer. Uh, I'm friends with Steve and I've got to meet Tom. Tom's a legend in the business. Anyhow, um, so even though it didn't actually happen this way, it was, you know, still kind of cool. And then the real cool one was this in the end when the vision is ch choking up and he starts to tear up. Oh, no. Starts yeah. to tear up as he it goes. By. It, and which is cool because he is a figment of the mind stone, which means he yep. technically doesn't have the mechanical restrictions that the white vision does. Right. And he actually was able to display the emotion. It was awesome. It really oh, yeah. was a really cool scene. And because as soon as he cried, I'm like, oh, my God, that's right from the comics. And yeah. I said, I remember that. And that was so cool. Because when this comic was drawn, I still remember reading that and going, wow, he's he's human. And I start, you know, and I think of like what Data was trying to be in Star Trek The Next Generation. This is what Data was striving to do the entire time, is to have that kind of emotion. Dennis, even an android can cry. Damn it. Did you even cry, an Andy? an android can cry. Did what you I want to know is, because an, and, well, an android cry if I kick him in his balls or in that area. Well, can I hear him scream if you do in the woods? Right. That's what I want to know. If I kick the vision in the nether regions, is he going to scream? That's the more important question. Yes, um, that is no, the more not, important question. I did not cry because I'm not a puss. Wow, no emotional. Did Courtney, did she get sad? No, she didn't. There I'll let you know if Susie does when we talk. Because I, I got to watch this just a little bit before we went live because when I finally got back home here. So I didn't get a chance to do all the research that I kind of like to do ahead of time. And and she couldn't come down and watch it, so I'm going to be watching it again probably late tonight. But yeah, it's I'm worth watching. It it's again. worth the second watch. I'll watch it again just for the costume because that I just that costume is just so. Awesome. This screen now we need to talk about this screen. This is after credits. credits. This is this is the second after credit. So we should actually, and I don't have a screenshot of the first after credit. Oh, by the way, we do got to mention Jimmy Woo. Because that was kind of cool with the after credit scene with him being in charge. But did you pick up the really cool thing from um, in relation to, I think it was Ant-Man? No. Because he got led away and he was in handcuffs behind his, his hand. Yeah, yeah I knew and he that. Got that. And he picked his locks. Because remember in Ant-Man, he was learning magic. Oh, yeah. It was so fun. Jimmy Woo is such an underrated character. He's your straight comic relief guy. I loved him in this series. He was a fun little add-on to have into it. Just wanted to see if you had caught that because I laughed my ass off as soon as he picked it. And he goes, because he had lied about getting there in an hour. Hey, I don't suppose you could be here within the hour, can you? <laughs> right, right. That was awesome. Yes, awesome. So that was the first after credit scene. The yeah, second that one that wasn't. Well, he was first, just he was just credit setting scene. it up in the first after credit scene. The first after credit scene wasn't him undoing the locks. The first after credit no. scene was Monica being taken into the theater. Right, but it was Jimmy. Sorry, I got sidetracked. 
he was there at the first after credit scene because he was in charge and they right. made sure right. of it because by the way, Hayward, we got to discuss Hayward before we talk about the after credit oh, scene sure. here. Hayward was also a letdown in a way because he's he was just an ass. That's he all he was. He, he, he really was, was he, nothing. He there was no you didn't care about him as a character because he literally was established in this series. You never saw him before. Like if he was a uh, a character from like some of the Avengers movies, like a Coulson type that you right. saw and you got to know and you got to care for, then you'd be like, oh, dick turn. But literally he was in this show and he, and you basically saw him first when he appeared where he was like, oh, I'm the acting director. And then you see, you know, last week's episode. Oh, he lied. He was the director and he lied and he was setting up Wanda. Okay. She never stole the vision's but, body, but you just didn't care enough about him. So there, to me, when he got arrested and all that, I'm like, well, I don't really care. Right. But there was one thing that he did in my mind, and maybe again, I'm reading too much into it. In a way, he almost mirrored Wanda throughout the show. So what I mean by that is he was willing because he altered his video, which means he altered the perception of what it was by Wanda right. seeing that Wanda stole it. And he right. basically even said in this episode, he was just going to take all the, because Jimmy Woo's like, you're not getting away with it. And he goes, I'm just going to take all the video footage and edit it to what I want. And basically they're going to think I'm a hero. Right. Which, and basically he's taking the entire series, re-editing it and splicing it up into something that he wants which is a mirror of what Wanda did. She right. used her magic to basically recreate the entire city um, and basically re-edit entire life based on it. So to me, they almost mirrored each other, which is cool in my yeah. mind, unless I'm looking too much into it, but I still didn't care about him. No, not at all. And yeah. um, so the first after credit scene was Monica being told by the FBI agent, hey, going to theater or somebody wants to talk to you, you go in. And and like when she first goes into the theater, I was thinking, oh, shit, is Nick Fury going to be there? Like in the theater? Because I'm like, why'd she have to go into a theater? You know? Right. And instead it was that swerve of, oh, shit, that FBI person's a freaking scrawl. Damn, that's awesome. And then she said, you know, he wants to talk to you. And she's like, where? And she just points up. And my first thought is Talos, that scrawl from Captain Marvel is like, we need to do some talking. Now, Dennis disagrees, but we know Dennis's track record with everything else is wrong. So you can go ahead and put your theory out there. I Why? think it's Nick Fury. I think they're talking about Nick Fury. Because remember, we saw him up there in the sword tower, basically, walking around barefoot and saying, somebody needs to get me my shoes, as he's communicating with Talos, and I can't remember her name, yep. down on the planet. So the last place that we saw, that this is why I disagree with you, the two scrolls, is they were still, I think, down on the planet um, in one of these episodes that, that they had on there. Nick Fury is the one up there. I think it's Nick Fury that wants to see her. I mean... You know, when it comes right down to it, we're not going to find out, I assume, until Captain Marvel 2. Right. Yeah. 
I don't so, know the time frame. I know Doctor Strange is March of next year. Yeah. As of now, it's March next year. So it's not even so it's a year. I don't know if Captain Marvel 2 is 2022 or 2023. We, we don't know how far they're pushing it back yet. But we'll, well, we'll no, it's out there. You can you can probably Google it and find out. Well, we could project. just like just like Widow but, was supposed to be out twice already. So yeah, we'll see. No, I know, but I think I think now. Like when they say Doctor Strange is 2022 March, I think that's a solid. Just like I think Eternals is solid for November this year, and Spider Man they're filming right now that's solid for December this year. Yep. You know, so I think you could Google it and everything would probably be updated. Um, so that's that's the theories on that. The well, second, but we, the second the second uh, credit scene though. In my so we talked about it just briefly before we went live. Is the cool thing is you see her sitting and you see a backdrop. I think it's Wondagore Mountain that she's on, which right. ties into Chython, if I spell if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, who gives him the power, which was the, the creation of the dark hole. And you see her sipping something, sitting out on the steps, but you see like Doctor Strange. Her astral projection is sitting there wherever it is. And it's going, she's memorizing, she's reading, reading and studying the spells and the history of the dark home and everything that's in there. And I'm like, oh, damn. So she is suddenly gaining all of this knowledge simultaneously with her astral projection with the same thing that Dr. Strange does. And I'm like, okay, this sets it up. But I again, I think this is all done at Wondagore Mountain. I just don't know how they're going to tie in the origins into Wondergard, but I, I'm going to guess that's what it is. Yeah, I didn't think that. I wasn't sure where they were when they were doing that that slow pan into the, the cottage. My first thought was Sokovia somewhere, but you're right. It could be Wondergore. Um, I love seeing the astral projection, and then you hear the, the, the little voices, help me, and I was like, Oh, the kids. And I was like, oh, my God, are those your kids? And even the look on her face changed some because, you know, she heard it. So you're like, oh, and I think now I will say this. That's a there's a lot of leftover stuff here. To tackle. Yes. In Doctor Strange, because yeah. Doctor Strange, too, even though it's a whole multiverse thing. It's still a Doctor Strange movie. It's not a Doctor Strange. Let's pull in Scarlet Witch and tie up all these loose ends movie. Yeah, you know, he might be in it, but it's still a Doctor Strange movie where there's still going to be, you know, some villain. I assume from Doctor Strange's, you know, uh, long litany of villains that they're going to pull in. Right. Hey, Zachary. Huh? Zachary just joined us. Oh, hey, what's up, Zachary? Um, and you would also think, you would also think that, and this is the problem I have, how now COVID obviously derailed stuff for this past year, but even without COVID, generally the way Marvel's run is a movie comes out two years later is the sequel. But with Doctor Strange, even, right. even if you take a year away, that's more than two years out since the first one. Same with Black Panther, same with Captain Marvel. And my thing is, they set up at the end of the first Doctor Strange, 
that guy coming back is that well they didn't set him up as the bad guy coming back but the after credit scene was more was a bear mordo am i getting that right yeah bear mordo goes and takes the power back from uh i can't remember the actor's name now but it was the guy that basically couldn't walk and he could walk you know and he took it back so the dude was a cripple again so they almost kind of set it up like the sequel is going to be, oh, Doctor Strange versus Baron Mordo. Not saying they're not going to do that, but I would I'd like to see something. So that because Dogecoin had had said the other week when he was on Baron Mordo was one of the options, I thought, for the big bad behind the uh, uh, the sequence. That's right. Quicksilver is rough. Yes, we talked about that. that was Seriously, that, that they turned into a dick joke. Yeah, well, but that was her house because Monica said this is Agatha's house or Agnes's, whatever she called it. Yeah, yeah. But, but no, I thought Baron Baron could have been the big bad behind it. I was still thinking Mephisto with the flies, maybe Nightmare. Um, but Baron Mordo actually made a compelling argument behind it because he. There are too many sorcerers. Anybody that's got it, I want to get rid of. And that made a compelling story that maybe he was the one that got the two witches to pit against each other. And we found out it, it wasn't. So, again, a, a bit no, of a letdown. But, but, like I said, for Doctor Strange, I think they have to – if Bear Mordo's not in it, I'm saying it's a, it's a definite drop of the ball because you literally set that up. And Marvel doesn't – mess around with their after credit scenes not to pay off right you know if you look at the after credit scene in captain marvel it works because you know the after credit scene i don't remember what it was but i know it it, it paid off you know just like black panther the after credit scene doesn't right. necessarily it didn't set up for the second black panther if i remember right didn't the after credit scene in Black Panther set up for whatever movie was coming next? Yeah, sorry, and it's possible. But Doctor Strange after credit scene didn't set up for whatever movie was coming next. It set up yeah. for Doctor Strange too. All so, right. so what we need to do, we we always give we gotta we've got to talk about our CGC score, but before we move on to Superman and Lois, um, I think I'm going to give a score. For this episode, and then a score for for the series. Now right. that it, now that it's complete, this episode was solid. It did a lot of good things. We we went through and talked about the great things it did, and some of the things that it missed on, like you know, Quicksilver just being a dick joke, and a few of the things. I'm going to give it a nine point two. I'm giving it a near mint minus. It, it ended well. They did good things with it. I enjoyed the hell out of the series. I just think I was left a little disappointed, maybe because of all the fan theories of what we had and what we thought may be coming that were empty or not explained. But overall, I it made me want to come back and sit down every Friday morning. As soon as I'm out of the gym, I want to go home and watch WandaVision. And I did. That is a good show that did it. Overall, the first two episodes, I thought, left me almost wanting to not watch this. And then it just picked up where I needed to come back every day. So I'm going to give it overall a 9.4 because I thought overall it was an absolutely fantastic series that got my ass in a chair 
to sit down and watch Disney for 45 minutes a week. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I for this episode, I'd go a flat nine, which is still high. So because it was it was it was a great episode. I thought they tied everything up nice. I don't I didn't feel it was rushed because at the end of last week, I was like, man, they still got a lot of shit to tie up in one episode. And I thought they did a good job of it. Um, so I give it a nine. The whole show, I'd probably go at 8.5. Um, I enjoyed it. Those first three episodes really did just gut punch me. It was just like after the first episode, I was like, sweet sitcom, like it. Let's not continue this. And they did for two more episodes. And I was just like, oh, my God, you really don't want me to come back. But I did because I want to see where it was going to go. And, you know, this if this was like a Marvel first outing, you know, right. not, you know, if you t- if you look at it, what, 23 movies, whatever, 24 movies. And then this if this was like after the first couple of movies, I'd be a little more like, what are you doing? But they they got us Marvel zombies in with their their universe, theatrical universe. Because I didn't even look at it like a uh, uh, how many episodes nine episodes so it was it was more like just a nine hour movie you know from yeah. the filming and everything of it so I, I'll go you know a little bit lower on it as a as a overall I mean is it better than Iron Man two of course is it better than Thor two what isn't you know Daredevil so, Electra. Uh, Catwoman. <laughs> it was a rhetorical question. Well, no, um, if you're asking it, I'm going to answer it. Uh, Green Lantern was better than Thor 2. Mm. Oh, come on. Give me that one. I, mm. The first half of Green Lantern, definitely. The second half, no. You bastard. I know. I oh. know. Well, hey, Zachary, in case you, you probably missed the beginning, we, we're, we're going to be doing a happy hour beer drinking one every year or every week. And this week I'm doing uh, a microbrewery local. It's a Bladow. It's an Imperial Stout. So if you're there watching us, you know, have a have a cheers up. We're going to be trying a new beer each week. Um I'll have different ones. Andy's going to have different ones. And we're going to talk about whatever our topics are. He's got some 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 pale ale from Syracuse. I just finished the Syracuse Middle Ages Pale Ale, and it was tasty. And this is the last one. We had a case of it, and this is the last one. Funny thing, our nephew gave my wife and I a case of this beer Christmas 2018. Last one. 18. It's not even 19. Oh my God. Over two years. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Let me think about that. Maybe it was 19. Obviously, this Christmas we didn't go anywhere. No, it was 18 because last Christmas, 19, even though we were allowed to, yeah, obviously we could travel because it was 2019. No. We didn't. So yeah, 2018. Yeah. All right. So. Now when you're gonna switch gears a little bit and the second we're gonna burn, part of the we're gonna we're gonna burn through a quick review of Superman and Lois episode two, Yo. And, Yo. and we wanted to see because we we both enjoyed the first episode. Everybody I talked to has enjoyed the first episode. Everybody I talked to hates what J.J. Abrams is releasing, what they're doing with the Superman movies. Oh, so in theory, 
Dennis, did you see? I saw right before we came on that it looks like there's going to there the the talk on the town is a new Star Trek movie with J.J. Abrams. Uh, yeah, so they apparently got the contract signed for. I don't know if Hemsworth is going to make it back for Kirk's dad. Um, it's been on and off again, but this last one didn't do very well, which was too bad. It was all right. Man, J.J. Abrams just screws up everything he touches. He did it to Star Trek. He did it to Star Wars. And it looks like he's going to do it to Superman. We will see. You know me. I'm a Star Trek sucker. I'll go see it. Most likely. I've never not seen a Star Trek movie in the theater multiple times. Even Star Trek V, I saw twice, and that was painful. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I've never seen a Star Trek movie twice. Um, So Superman and Lois, yeah, I mean, once again, it's this dichotomy of Marvel does great movie stuff, and their TV shows up until WandaVision, they just couldn't get a handle on. Not that they did a ton, but still. Whereas DC's like, you know, CW TV shows are, all of them are really good. I mean, Supergirl dropped off the rails. I think Batwoman's probably going to be, well, I think it actually already got picked up for another season. Well, that's because they're not going to allow it to fail. It is a crap series. I had to stop watching it. I couldn't do it anymore. It was awful. Both seasons, didn't matter who the lead actress was, if it was right. Rose or the New Girl, just just awful. It's awful. Yeah, I mean, they'll give it. Well, my thought on Batgirl or Batwoman is they're not going to can it after the first season with the new actress. They'll give it one more. But I tell you what, if it doesn't pick up after the next season with the new actress, that shows a three season and it's toast. I guarantee it. Yeah, Um, I watched it and I went. I say, oh, my God, this is awful. I say it's done after season three. Supergirl, of course, goes away. But Superman and Lois is is definitely movie quality. And the actor, Tyler Hoquin, I know I screwed that up. He has grown on me. The new suit, they expanded so much more in the second episode uh, on just, you know, obviously moving forward on the storyline with Clark, you know, having to be a, you know, juggle being a dad and being Superman and, right. you know, Lois adjusting to Smallville and having to deal with, you know, the new boss, Morgan Edge at the Daily Planet, and he's coming into Smallville. Yep. Yep. I, I, I really like what they're doing with it, and the thing that I really like about this Each character, because, you know, they got the twins, they got Lois, they got Superman, Superman's dad. You've got um, Morgan Edge, who's coming into town. So you've got um, each of them have a storyline. And most of the time in CW's good sometimes um, at providing storylines. Sometimes they make sense. Sometimes they don't. All the storylines for each of the kids, the mom, the dad, everybody, the storylines make perfect sense. I mean, these are solid. You get to find out that Captain Luther is from another universe. Well, he is because this is the Arrowverse. You know, they've they've established that this is in the Arrowverse. 
And in the Arrowverse, they did that mega crossover uh, two years ago with Crisis on Infinite Earths, basically. Yeah. And they all merged. Yes. You know, so they've already established that. So, you know, if you didn't watch any of that stuff, you might be confused. And I'm hoping next episode they, you know, they, they basically through dialogue, clean it up for the people that are new that didn't watch that. But for yeah. people like us that watched that Crisis on Infinite Earths, I was just like, oh, shit, they're referencing that. And, you know, the big reveal was at the end of the episode was the plant, the universe, whatever that this Luther comes from, was fighting along General Lane, Lois's dad, against an evil black suit superman it was black suited and he laser visioned the shit out of everybody oh, it was yeah. fantastic and you kind of wonder when you, you kind of got a hint at least i did when luther at the end of the episode luther gives general lane the it was dog tags wasn't it yeah the dog tags from he gives him these dog tags from his earth that were you know, General Lane's, I guess. And you almost kind of did get a hint of recognition, I think, from Lane, even though he's not from that Earth. Well, I don't think it was a recognition about Superman. I think it was a recognition about what he's saying. What if Superman went bad? That's what, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what, what I like is the fact that they're they're going full on into Superman lore, but we've all seen the Superman origin and the lore so many times that it's just like okay, I don't need to hear it again. Right. But they've taken the lore and they've built it around the perspective of the family and the kids, which completely changes the dynamics of everything that we know about Superman. He's right. a dad now. He's got family problems. He's got one son that's got anxiety disorders, social anxiety disorders. He's the one that has potential power. This was fantastic. I mean, it does such a good job of bringing everything into focus from a different perspective. It's the familiarity that we love of Superman, but yep. told from a different perspective that makes it freshing, refreshing and new. Dude, this is... This is good storytelling, and you were right. The quality of the story and the effects and everything, it's like a movie. They're doing a oh, yeah. fantastic job with this. Yeah. And we get to meet Jarrell. Right. We got to meet Jarrell in this episode, who, you know, I recognize the actor. Dennis and I screamed right away. Woo, Robert the Bruce. Yeah. So that was cool. You know, uh, his son, Jordan, there. Unfortunately, doesn't look like he's going to have squat for powers because he was analyzed at the Fortress of Solitude and stuff. Which I think is going to be crap and, I, and he's going to go crazy. Crap. Yeah, I think it's crap too. And I think just even though it's advanced technology and all that garbage at the Fortress, I just think something with maybe his human DNA might not be registering. And once he gets obviously a little older in the season or maybe even next season, because it's already been picked up for season two. It's already been renewed. Yeah. So uh, that they will explore. Will it go to the point of like comics where he gets a costume? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, if this show lasts. Yeah. Here's the thing. Arrow went for. 
was Arrow like 11 seasons? I don't remember if it was 10 or 11. It was a long time. I was going to say 9 or 10, so let's just say I 10. don't think – I think this show, if I was the showrunner on it, I would be planning an end date of probably five seasons because of – with Arrow, you weren't dealing with – you were dealing with aging of the characters and stuff. But, you know, you could go that 10 years because there wasn't little kids. There's not little kids in this, but, you know, if this show goes 10 years, you're taking these these kids that are, what, sophomores in high school and 10 years from being a sophomore, you've graduated from college, you've done all this stuff, you know. Plus, you know, the actors that are cast for even Lois and Superman, they're not 20-year-old actors. You know, it's not like Supernatural which ran for 14 years, 14 seasons, where Jared Padalecki and I'm blanking on another guy's name, but, you know, they were in their 20s when the show started, and they were late 30s when it when it finally went off the air. Good I can't time. see the guy that plays Superman doing this 10 years from now. No. I just no. can't see it. But I, I'm enjoying where they're going with it, and I hope oh, it yeah. has some relevance within the universe because this it's well-filmed. The stories are good. You've got um, um, Adam Rayner. He plays Morgan Edge. He's kind of the Trump bad guy is what they're kind of portraying him oh, yeah. as. And um, you've got Lois going against him, having to quit her job, move forward with it. And she, she quits, and that was a really powerful scene where she goes – this is the best stuff I've written in years. And it said, I quit when he opened it up. And uh, it's just it going to be a resignation letter. I just expected more than I quit. But when I saw I quit, I was actually like, that is perfect. It is like a resignation letter where it says resignation letter and you can't read it because it's so, so small or whatever. But you get the point. I just love I quit. I thought it was great. My question is this. So Clark apparently doesn't work. This is before she quit, right? Right. So Clark apparently doesn't work. So she's making enough money to be a freelance reporter for the planet, to move to Kansas, to Smallville, and just be a freelance reporter. So she's making enough money. Now, there's no mortgage to deal with. I assume the farm's paid off. No, she's got a second mortgage. Oh, that's right. They have to pay off. So they're living on one income. So she's and she's, you know, she's the big dog reporter at the at the planet. So, you know, it's it's comic book world. She's making a good living. But now she quits and she's going to work at the Smallville paper. Give me a fucking break. Where's their money coming from? Do they really have that much stashed away? Where no, they don't. But and I think that's going to be one of the interesting dichotomies that you we're going to do. address that. She's not really making much money. He's making nothing. She's making a small amount. They have to pay off the bank. Otherwise, you know, um, Morgan Edge is going to wind up somehow probably taking control of the town. Um, I don't think they're going to address it. I really don't think I they're bet they will. I'll income. bet you right now, and it's live I on think, here. I think it's going to be I, – I, what did you say? You'll bet me well, on We're going to bet right now. I think they're going to address it because – this writing has been very well put together where they don't leave open holes, unlike the last show we just talked about. And I, I know think you're betting, 
your betting track record with me blows. You've lost every bet we've made. I I can't hear you. Right. You've we lost must every bet. Yeah. You've lost every bet we made. So for some reason you want to, I mean, we can make a bet. I don't care. But my point is, I don't think they're going to address it. I think it's going to be the bullshit comic book world where she just does her, her articles for Smallville paper. He's Clark stayed home dad and Superman and money never comes up. I bet it doesn't. They, they address it too much with the, with the storyline with Kyle, with Smallville being, you know, being taken advantage of. Nobody's got money. It's too much of a central theme for them to overlook it. So that that's why I, 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 that I, she either goes crawling back to the planet because she needs to make money or they could be like, start a podcast. And she just blows up like Meg, Megan Kelly started a podcast in her own company. And obviously, you know, it's doing well. So she, you know, start a podcast or Clark gets a job. You know what? I think we have to bet a can of Chanu beer on this. We'll bet a can of Chanu beer. Chanu brew. Chanu brew. The brew brought to you by Graham Nolan, upstate New York and Buffalo. Graham Nolan's Chanu campaign on Indiegogo with Alien Alamo. You can back it now. And if you live in New York, you can have your own Chanu brew dark beer because it is a dark porter sent to you. Only in New York. They cannot ship out of state. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I I told you I ordered it. You're going to love it. I'll never open mine because I don't like dark beer. So mine's literally going to be a collectible. In a no, because no, no, you have to open it eventually to drink it. So when I come over, oh. I'll drink it, and then you can put it on your mantle of, of, of beer can collections. You know, it's like a 9.2, I think he said. Okay. I've got some good oh, whiskey-infused ones that are 11.5 here. No, no, no. I'm just saying. No, I'll probably try it. I, I, I have to at least try it. So yeah. Um. So what do you give Superman for the for the rating? Uh this this episode. So we really both, I think, enjoyed the first one. This was a much shorter episode, a normal size episode, but we got the good Superman battle at the beginning, the middle, and the end. We got great dialogue from each of the characters. We get Angus McFadden as Jarrell, and they get to, to meet the the one kid gets to meet grandfather up at the Fortress of Solitude. It brought everything together. This was a fantastic episode. I'm actually going to say I enjoyed at least as much as the first one, even though it was shorter. I'm going to go a 9.6. This was a fantastic episode. Yeah, no, I'm I'm at a flat nine on this one too, which is still a good score. But I mean, come on, man, you that you know when you go from a a, a point one to to even just a two point you mean a point five? Point one doesn't exist. Okay, so if you go from a point five to a two point you're not you're not saying much. It's still garbage. But when you go from a nine point to a ten. Those are increments that mean a lot. It does. It does. This so, show Because was, I'll be honest, I think the Fortress of Solitude looks like shit. Oh, my God. You're picturing, you're picturing Superman, the, mo, the original picture, with the great big crystals that come out. It's better than an ice cave or flying no, into an ice cave. I think it was realistic. 
I don't care so much about the if 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 the Fortress of Solitude knocked me off, I would have given it a nine point eight. This was an absolutely fantastic, well-rounded, put-together episode from every aspect of storytelling. And we talked about this off-air, but I like to air my grievances for the public because people care about what I think. Why the hell is Clark wearing a freaking winter coat and a freaking beanie when he flies to the goddamn Fortress of Solitude when he's fucking Superman and he doesn't need to wear that shit? He could have just took Jordan, his son, wearing a T-shirt and flown over there. And don't give me the bullshit of keeping up appearances because the Fortress of Solitude isn't like on the outskirts of a city in Alaska where somebody's going to see him. It's in the middle of nowhere. Nobody's going to see him. He. It was positive reinforcement for his son, who doesn't know if he has powers and can feel cold, I better wear a coat because it's just positive reinforcement for the kid. Seriously, if that's your biggest no, gripe, no, wait, you wait, just solidified wait. my 9.6. So is that the reason Joe Biden still wears a mask? Positive reinforcement? Because he's had his shots. He's the damn president, so he gets tested every effing day anyhow. He knows he doesn't have it. And once again, he's been inoculated, yet we still got to see, see slow Joe wears mask and fiddle with it every 10 seconds when they even say if you touch your mask it's ineffective because you touched it so is that why joe's wearing his mask still the same reason clark wore the coat and hat maybe joe is the ghostwriter behind this series no he doesn't have enough brain power <laughs> but you're right i mean that is the one little thing that I picked out that didn't make a whole lot of sense. But seriously, if that's your biggest gripe, we've it's got a not. great show it, on our hands. It's not my biggest gripe. I just want to know the reasoning. And it could literally be just a throwaway line of his son going, Dad, what are you coating up for? You're Superman. And then you his, know what it is? is. No, I Superman, know what it is. And then, and then no. his, dad, his dad could just be like, Four appearances. I've got the answer. No, you don't. The son has to go to the bathroom in mid-flight, so they have to stop at Norway. So they drop down into a small village town by the fjords so that they can walk in and go to the bathroom. you got to have a jacket on to look like a, tour, uh, a local and not a tourist. There you go. That makes sense. No, i got a better answer than that because that's a dumb one because Superman can fly so fast that the kid could hold it. No, because if he flies that fast, the kid ices up no, and freezes no, hypothermia. No, he wouldn't. Because when yep. Superman's holding you, you're protected by his aura. Bang. Going aura. off. It's true. That's true. Aura. It's in the comics. That's why he can fly Lois Lane to the fortress. Because she's All right. Your homework is to show me this aura for next episode. I don't have to show you a damn thing. You do. You just made a point. Anyhow, I can actually go with what you said, except instead of the bathroom break, it would be this. Hey, bud, we just had a nice trip to the fortress. I don't exactly have a refrigerator here. Let's say we stop off in Norway for a bite to eat. And then they land and they have to walk into town and look like they, they belong. Not That's a, a good idea. idea. As long as it's Norway. Well, baby bladder. And can't hold it doesn't mean these guys do. Yeah. 
Ah, we'll see. I still love the show. It was good. I'm looking forward to episode three. Uh, did you happen to watch uh, the season premiere of The Flash this past week? I didn't get to watch that yet. I will. I will. You know, I, I, I will spoil one thing for you because I got to say, if I remember right, because it's been so long since the season finale of season six, I think this is new to this season, and I think it's just dumb. And Courtney even pointed it out. He puts his costume on, and instead of pulling the mask over, because you remember how you could see when he takes the mask off, it's bunched up. And then he, you know, he pulled it on, right? Yep. Oh no. Now it's Tony Stark tech. He just does something that goes over his face, just like an Iron Man. And I'm like, I saw that and I go, are you kidding me? And Courtney was like, are they ripping off Iron Man? And I'm like, yes, that means the show's been on too long. I'm like, where'd that technology come from? I get it. Star Labs. I get it. They have all this extraordinary technology. And and look, I get it. They made this cool super suit that he wears and they've upgraded it because this is like season seven. And every season it gets an upgrade. That upgrade is a jump the shark upgrade for me. Seeing it just yes. over his face. I'm just like, nope, there is no reason to do that. Thank I you for that Arthur Fonzarelli uh, uh, quotation. Yep. That was a direct Arthur Fonzarelli. Yep. I'm totally cool. And I, in fact, loved it when they introduced the the, the ring and the, the suit could pop out of a ring. I thought that was – dude, I've been done. Don't show me that. I know, but that shows it's the end of the, the, the show. When I it finish, is, that's the end of the show. It is the end of the – oh, so says Dennis. So it is. <laughs> so says we all. And this is my special – can you read that? Hackman mug. Huh, I thought it say first man. No, it's Hackman because my buddy Bart Sears, we got these about 20 years ago. His mug says Hack Master. So he's oh. the Hack Master. And I'm just so he's above you. Yes. Well, he's the Hack Master. Anyway, he started in the business before me. So yes, he is. Hack Master. That's a role-playing game. Huh. Does Bart role play? Does he do RPGs? Uh, I think he did D when he was younger. There you go. I'll have to ask Bart next time I talk to him. Yeah, you can. I will we'll have to have him on Interview Monday. Speaking of Interview Monday this week, Monday night, uh, 8 o'clock. Is it 8 or 7? It's 8. 8 o'clock Monday night. Our interview is with the one and only Aaron Lepresti. Aaron Lepresti has been in the business for 30 years or so. Uh, or creeping up on 30. He, his, he's worked on Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman Conan. Uh, Excalibur for Marvel. Um, just oh, Justice League International. His credits are far and wide. So he'll be on our show Monday night when we do our interview Mondays. So please join us for that show. Pick his brain. And then Wednesday. Wednesday, we'll be reviewing Berserker, the Keanu Reeves co-written book with Matt Kent, drawn by Ron Garney. And Noctera, which is Scott Snyder, and Tony Daniel. So we'll review those on Wednesday. And Monday is Aaron Lepresti. And uh, please like and subscribe to the channel. Share the channel so we can get more subscribers to it. Hit 
the notification bell that's down in the corner so you know when we go live and uh we'll see you guys uh monday so we will see you on monday and find us on twitter and facebook like it shoot us any comments that you want or you can email us at the uh, dennis and andy show uh at yahoo that's right so until monday everybody have a good weekend and we'll see you later Yep. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining. Three, two, one.